0: Welcome to Laughing Your Mascot, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Catherine Cowan and I'm Carly Palestina. and today we are talking to the Canadian Sagittarius, Christina Walkinshaw. Hi, thank you for having me. I don't
1: know, why I'm clapping. It's like the thank you so much show. for coming. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been. I've, we're we're I've been as well, a so when I It's community
0: clapping. So. <laughs> Oh, we're so glad so you're here though oh, um so to get started uh like where are you from how'd you get started in comedy tell us a little bit about your background um
1: so i'm originally from vancouver canada and i started doing comedy in uh, ottawa ontario which uh, probably it, it's probably not on the map as being like the mecca of a comedy or anything but uh <laughs> a lot of good comics came out of ottawa like jeremy hots and norm Macdonald, and uh yeah i don't know i started comedy when i was uh, like a week before my 19th birthday and i was just like going to university i was going to carlton and a cute fraternity guy with the nickname spicoli told me i should do it it was That's like so your Do comedy and at the time i did like everything that frat guys told me to do don't judge me but uh, <laughs> it worked out, it worked out. I, i've always been a writer i've always kept a diary like I, i've been writing jokes since i was like 11. so i love I love writing and then stand-up was just like a place to take my writing.
0: How did you, yeah, become like a real comic from that? Well,
1: there was only like at the time. So I started in the late nineties and there was only yuck yucks in Ottawa. Like there was no like comedy rooms. There was no like bars doing comedy nights like there is here and now. Um, So yeah, if you wanted to do stand-up, you would get like, you know, you call yuck yucks and you'd be like, I'm interested in becoming a comedian. And it was like, I mean, relatively speaking, it was kind of easy, right? The girl would just be like, okay, well, do you want to come down and watch a show? We'll let you, uh, you know, sit in the audience for free. And then if you feel like it's something you can do, then you'll call us the first Tuesday of the month and you could sign up for two Wednesday nights of the month. So like, and they called it new talent night. Like they didn't even call it amateur night. Like they're so Canadian and nice. They're like, oh, a new talent night. We're going to be like gentle. So amateurs here. And then, yeah, the first time I did it, I totally brought the crowd like this is before I even knew what a bringer show show was but when you say you're gonna do stand up for the first time like people just like naturally gravitate to the show do you know what I mean? now it's like you could tell everybody to come to your show and everybody else say they're coming and like nobody comes but (laughs) back then it was just like easy anyways so the first time I was like okay like that was fun but like there was too many friends in the crowd for me to really know if I'm good then the second time I performed in front of a sold out crowd and I didn't know anybody in the audience and I did very well and I was like yep I'm here to stay this is real
0: (laughs) that's awesome and then you're in New York now correct or yes I'm in Williamsburg yeah so what made when did you make the move to like New York comedy okay I moved
1: to New York March 1st 2020
0: oh oh my god! awesome timing (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: Like living in New York has always been a dream. I was living in LA for a few years before, like I got my papers in like 2016, I think I moved to LA. Um, That's the other problem being Canadian. There's also administrative work before you can even like come here. Do you know what I mean? So got my papers and then, I don't know, uh, LA didn't feel very stimulated or motivated you know, it was a bit of a crash and burn situation since like everything was like, on fire in Canada and I was getting so many cool opportunities. And I moved to LA and I was like, who are you? You know, I was like, <laughs> 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 big, big. Uh, I, it's, it, I have a whole weird trajectory to my stand up too because I lived in LA a long time ago, but I moved there for a guy I met in a nightclub in Las Vegas who convinced me I was his soulmate. Like I didn't move for comedy. Oh my God. God. <laughs> comedy and then I followed a guy because that's what you do at 23. Um, You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't mean like you know. I'm just what we were talking about. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like referencing something that the podcast listeners will be like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so I have a really weird trajectory uh, of my comedy, but all I can tell you is that I've always dreamt of living in New York, and now I'm here, and uh, I did. I, I got here at a weird time. Yeah. For what your whole podcast is about. Uh,
0: <laughs> hey. so doc- that is true. We asked but, the right person.
1: Yeah. Like the first two weeks, like whatever, I got two weeks basically before like the lockdown happened. And in those two weeks, I got to do a bunch of shows. I probably did like, I think I did like six shows, which I feel like for like two weeks of being here was fine. Like it was good. But I did, I felt like, oh, I like stand up again. Like I like it again. Mm hmm. 2019 I was mostly working on cruise ships so it's and you know that work went away pretty fast <laughs> yeah. that's the first industry to get the boot uh with COVID
0: yeah. um for real we haven't Talked about cruise ships a lot at all on this no yeah, we haven't do you want to tell us about how you got into doing cruise ships well uh so
1: I <laughs> I got so we all know I don't know I feel like there's a stigma behind doing cruise ship work as a comedian it's like where comedians go to die or become hacks or just do the same act over and over and over again and like never evolve or write new material um so when I got a call I got a call from a guy who ran helps run the Seattle comedy competition which I had done in 2016 and so he was like Hey, we're doing a showcase for NCL of the Improv. Do you want to be on it? And I was like, Well, that's it. My career's over.
0: I'm gonna be a comic. I'll see myself out.
1: <laughs> But of course, I'm like, Yeah, of course, I'll do the showcase. Like, it's also really good money. Like, so NCL has hosts and headliners. So, like, there's always three comics on the ship. So it kind of felt like, like a like a road gig, kind of. Only you're going to the Bahamas or Bermuda or Mexico, like. I actually I know a lot of people have negative experiences of working on cruise ships, but I mine was pretty positive. like I mean they are doing tons of stand up and uh, you know there's always like a big push for diversity in comedy, but nobody ever considers all the diversity in the crowd. Like having a very diverse crowd is it's difficult, right? Like you're performing for children, you're performing for seniors, you're performing for Americans and people from all over the world, some people might not have English as their first language. Like there's just like so many, like it's, it's a really dynamic audience. And so when you're able to have a good set on a cruise ship, I think it's, I think it's really rewarding. Like I feel really good after, I mean, can we all bomb on there? A hundred percent. It's not always like, it's not always great, but uh, I don't know. There's always like a camaraderie with you and the other two comics and you get to eat for free, travel for free. And then, if you're hosting, you're making fifteen hundred a week, and you're literally spending no money, right? Like, everything's paid for. And then if you're headlining, you're getting three grand a week. All the contracts were usually like two weeks, so I don't know. It was it was good, but it was also, you know, I might be patient zero. You know, when I go <laughs> <laughs> some risks, risks and rewards.
0: Yeah. That's wild. Do you like if you are a cruise ship comic, do you and you're saying you like the contacts for two weeks, do you like do like two weeks on and then you'll like go home and go back to doing other things, then go back? Or like how or do you have like a year long anything? Or like how does it I think I did like in 2019
1: I probably did I mean I started to get busier and busier, but I think in 2019 I did seven cruises. So I wasn't like always on the ship. I still got to do stuff on land. Um and uh yeah uh, uh and then in 20 i think my last cruise was january 2020.
0: oh wow you really could have been patient zero.
1: i know and <laughs> well, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure i got it in december 2019 when i got off the ship i was really anyway. where where
0: were, where were you like on the cruise? um like- on the
1: 2019 one?
0: yeah was it like an international
1: one? i mean everybody on the ship is from all over the world Oh, yeah, you totally could have gotten it. Yeah, it's, everybody comes from everywhere, and, you know, there's lots of rules, and they have, they've been on the hand sanitizer game the whole time, like, it was a really clean ship. Yeah. You can't control people, like, you know, like, the rules on the cruise ships are always like, like, if you have a water bottle like this, you can't put it, like, under the fountain to get water, like, you have to put it in a fresh cup and then put it in here, but you still see people that don't read the signs, and they're just like... And then yeah. you, all these germs are like, you know, that's going to go against that. Like I could see how disease spreads really fast on a cruise ship. Plus you're all like, you know, breathing the same ventilized air or whatever's in there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. But I, I, I don't know. All I know is I, I did get, but I almost don't even blame the cruise ship for me getting what probably was COVID because I had antibodies, but it hurt. And I was, Oh my God, everything like, My chest and not being able to breathe and even when i lost my sense of smell i remember i bought a lotion at the airport from the body shop and i remember being like i remember just thinking i got a bum bottle of lotion
0: i was like in literally
1: 2019 december 2019 around just before christmas that is crazy crazy. there 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 was study like stories that came out that were like no people on like in california there were actual cases of covid in december 2019. anyways but even when i got the I was like, I got ripped up. Like who gets a bottle of lotion from the body shop? And it doesn't smell. A month (laughs) later, it smelled.
0: That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Well, glad you survived. Yeah. Hooray. (laughs) Um, So you were on a ship. You survived. Uh, You've also been involved in another thing we haven't talked a lot about here. um, The Just for Laughs Festival or you're recording something for them. Can you tell us um, about your involvement with them, the ins and outs of that, what you're up to now with it? So I did, I mean, the first time I did Just for
1: Laughs, I did it in 2014, and it was super fun. I got to do like a a TV taping um, with the Broad City Girls, with Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer were my hosts, and they were awesome. Uh, Funny story about them, actually. I don't know, have you guys ever gotten like a bad intro before? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> a bad intro obviously they weren't the bad intro but the writers for the show wrote something that was it wasn't a good intro it was kind of mean and they came so abby and alana came up to me before uh like the taping happened and they're like i want to talk to you for a minute and I was like okay and they're like we hated your intro and the guy that wrote my intro wrote something like um this next comic come to the stage is uh, beautiful funny uh smart we don't know whether we want to be friends with her or push her off a cliff please welcome you know and shot i know and so all of them, abby were like we would never say that about a woman like if you're a triple threat we fucking love you we've never threatened to push a woman off a cliff because <laughs> talented like so we're we did our other re- like uh, some research on you know, and like we looked you up and if it's okay we're just gonna like do our own thing to intro and I was like oh my god that's amazing
0: that's so nice that's yeah incredible so- yeah. I know
1: they're awesome uh, yeah so they're they're really awesome so that was my first time doing just for laughs and that was like a TV taping in Canada and then I did JFL 42 in Toronto and I got to open for David which was really cool. Uh, it was funny because he asked for me, and I didn't believe that. Like, <laughs> was like David Tell asked for you, and I was like, no. And then when I got there, I was like, did you really mean me, or did you think I was Christina Pajitsky? <laughs> and he was like, no, i I'm like I met you. <laughs> I <was> like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, the next week I'm going to be taping uh, a JFL original uh, at New York Comedy Club on the 27th. So, and that's going to be mostly for the Just for Laughs channel for SiriusXM. Awesome. Um, and then it'll go on like different uh, channels as well. But that stuff's really good for sound exchange money. I don't know if you guys are in on the uh, sound exchange money, but that's a good way as a comedian to to make money.
0: We haven't talked about that on the podcast at all. Do you want to tell us more about this? You're such so, an informative podcast. You're guest. like, so, I mean, yeah, this is going to be the best episode <laughs> yeah you gotta gotta get the old lady uh the old lady
1: comedians on your show more often we got stories stories. Uh, um so yeah um so sound exchange is like this company that gets you all your royalties from your material getting played on basically satellite radio I don't think you get any money from like regular radio but I don't think that like kiss fm is playing my vibrator material like it's you know (laughs) they have ryan's roses and shit like that to air but uh yeah but a sound exchange especially for canadians because like we have that one channel that's dedicated just to canadian comics and uh, i don't know for a long time it hadn't really been like saturated with lots of comics so we get lots of spins and then it ends up paying my rent which is great wow yeah so that's that's all right Um, and then
0: you like do you how do you get involved in it like how do you find them to do sound exchange
1: you just like upload your repertoire of your uh, of your material like your tracks on your album yeah and then for every time you get played um, oh
0: they like recognize it
1: yeah and then you get you your royalties and they send you money every month like the uh, trust me have you ever seen Canadian comedians eyes light up at like the third thursday of every month it's because their sound exchange money just came in (laughs) see it.
0: (laughs) that's awesome um but circling back to just for laughs we have a lot of people or a lot of people i mean like in comedy that like i know i'm sure carly knows as well are always like this is like the biggest festival the hardest festival to get into like hardest i don't know like real 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 top-notch comics how is your like process of like applying for it and like submitting for it and stuff like that
1: I got a few showcases in Canada. It definitely was easier when I went back to Canada as opposed. So anyways, like I said, I I lived in LA in my twenties for that guy or whatever. And then, so obviously getting showcase, getting noticed in America is like way harder than Canada, you know, big pond, little pond, all that. Yeah. There's yeah. Um, so then, yeah. Then once I I was working for yuck Yaks in Canada, so I was kind of usually in the mix for a showcase and then I think what really did it for me is I had a really popular uh, Tinder blog of all things in like 2014. I went on 50 first dates and this was before you got drowned with algorithms. So people like saw things that you put on the internet, like, it was, and I got like, I had like 40,000 readers on my dating blog and I got, yeah, I got like the, I, I had a really good year. Like I got in the front cover of a magazine in Toronto. I just, you know, I created my own kind of thing and then. I got a showcase with just for laughs, just like I did every year before that. But this time, those same jokes apparently hit. <laughs> it was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all a game of just like, yeah, keep doing it, right? Just like, keep, keep showcasing. I like I said again, for me, I feel like it's different because Canadians were, I don't know, we just for laughs. Yeah, that that's our those are our people. It's our, you know. Yeah. It, Whereas I feel like yeah in, uh, for Americans it's probably it's probably a lot harder because they're always going to pick all your famous people. <laughs> 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 it's like you're hilarious uh, but you only have 20 followers. Bye. No, I'm just
0: <laughs> that That's true.
1: <laughs> I know it's the second coming of high school, right? Everything's a popularity contest. <laughs> for real. Facts. Yes. Um,
0: straight, straight facts. facts. Switching gears almost entirely. What is the dumbest way you've ever injured yourself? (laughs) Uh, The only thing that really comes to
1: mind right now is on my 19th birthday, which bear in mind in Ontario is like legal age. So it was like, I was, I was about to take my first legal sip of alcohol. And yeah. And I slipped on a stair and I cracked my tailbone, but I was sober. (laughs) Why does that feel like that's the dumb part of the injury is that it happened when I was sober. I'm like, how klutzy am I that I can't walk down a stair to (laughs) an obligatory event of my life without ruining it with
0: an injury. (laughs) (laughs) How did you, did you just like slip? Yeah,
1: I guess, oh, snowing to my birthday, November 30th, obviously Sagittarius. (laughs) it was probably just slippery and we're canadian we don't sue places i I just fell i cracked my tailbone and i don't even think i got a free drink out of it i just (laughs) 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 was in
0: tears by the end of the night but whatever sad um so switching gears back again almost entirely um so you told us you moved to new york right before the pandemic We've talked a bit, quite a bit about your life before the pandemic. What happened to you during the pandemic?
1: So during the pandemic, I, I really lucked out. I'm not going to lie. So I moved to New York on a whim. Like I got offered this apartment uh, in Maui in December 2019. I was drinking with a friend and he was like, I have this tenant that's not paying rent in New York and it's driving me nuts. And I was like, give me the apartment. I pay rent. I've always dreamt of living in New York. And then he texted me like a month later and was like, do you want the place? I'm kicking the guy out. And I was like, can I have a day to think about it?
0: <laughs>
1: and then, yeah, right? I'm so like, I'm so bad like that. You offer me exactly what I want in life. And then I'm like, let me think about it. Like, I'm scared. <laughs> but then the next day or like within that 24 hours, Kobe Bryant died, which was very sad. But also on like. I saw his obituary, like everywhere I went, like and every single TV and every single store and restaurant and on the bus. It was just Kobe Bryant, 1978 to 2020, like 1978 to 2020. And like that's the year I was born, 1978. So I'm like, when you see your birth year, like in an obituary constantly, like all day, you're like, holy fuck, life's short. So <laughs> i got to move to New York. I take the apartment and then I get here March 1st, 2020. And then... Uh, an old boss of mine saw that I moved to New York. I didn't move here with a job, by the way. I was like, well, I'll just keep doing stand-up and see what happens. Like, uh, But an old boss that I worked with uh, on a show at Facebook Watch saw that I was moving to New York. She was like, I might have a job for you. And I was supposed to get on a cruise ship March 15th, right? Which, Yeah. <laughs> like, I I mean, ugh, it would have been a mess. Like I, if did I it cancel I, I it? it?
0: Or it how did, did you end, end up
1: not? It did end up getting canceled. Oh, okay. Um okay. But yeah, otherwise I could have been on one of those quarantine ships, which I would have gone mental. It would have been bad. Um, yeah. Is mental? Is that offensive? I don't know what words are offensive anymore. I don't think it is, but you know what I mean. I would have gone nuts up here. Like I would have lost. My life. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, my old boss saw that I was moved to New York. Am I the worst storyteller ever? It's also Sunday no. morning. It's like mm-hmm. these aren't my hours. Okay, I'm uh, fascinated. I <laughs> say anything it. dumb or or offensive. Just everybody know it's early and I'm only halfway <laughs> through. Our like look at this. I have a Sunday morning look. Okay. Uh, worst storyteller ever where was I okay yeah so my little boss sees that I've moved to New York and she goes I might have a job for you and I literally got this writing job it started the day lockdown started like a March 6th wow. that Monday or whatever so I I lucked out and I I felt I I'm so grateful for that job but I literally did not post anything on social media about having it because I felt like it was just such a rough time for so many people I don't want to be like oh my god I just got one of the best paying jobs of my life
0: <laughs> hashtag, thank <you> 2020. <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> hashtag thank you 2020 that's what you should call this episode <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so yeah that job like was only four months but it definitely saved my 2020 without that I would have been screwed yeah. <laughs> So then I'm kind of like, oh, it's kind of kismet. It was meant to be here in New York. I'm, not, I'm no. right. surviving this pandemic.
0: What were you writing for?
1: It was uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? But it was like that app version that came on after. So Jimmy Kimmel had his celebrity version. And then there was something called Millionaire Live, where you could play it on your phone like HQ. Do you guys remember HQ? Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. my so, yeah, I
1: also worked for a show that was like HQ that Facebook had. It was called Confetti. And so that's how I got into this like game show app world. But uh, oh. My weekly, uh, my weekly screen time just came in on my phone uh, You don't want to know uh, <laughs> Not good uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it was just an app version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire And people could play at home And so I just kind of like wrote like extra banter And kind of fun, fun talking, chit chat, jokes, whatever To kind of kill the time in between people answering on their phones And like the app, you know, uh, adding up who all the winners are
0: that's so cool. That is yeah. cool.
1: It's it like save my 2020, man. It was still so stressful though because,
0: mm.
1: you know, we were supposed to tape it in a studio, and then instead we're taping everything on Zoom. Can you imagine trying to like tape basically a TV show that goes on an app, and everybody's on their on Zoom? Like, like I remember that first episode we shot. It took like eight hours. Yeah, like wow. that. Was Absolutely, a twenty minute thing. Like, oh, it was it was a lot. Everybody's figuring everything out, right? Nobody really, there's no, there's no leader in the fucking how to tape a TV show on Zoom. You know what I mean? In the beginning of a pandemic, like everybody's figuring everything out. So
0: everything moved so hard to Zoom. Like, were you doing a lot of Zoom comedy during, like when the pandemic started or?
1: So at first, no. At first I was like, when I had the job, I was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I'll just focus on the job and then, you know, be like a normal nine to five person we're like i'm just gonna like order food and watch tv at night or whatever and so i i i was definitely a bit of a snob to to zoom comedy for a long time i was like i don't want to do it like i i you know what i mean that's that's not stand up that's being a youtuber right and i (laughs) i i know i'm such an old lady like that where i'm like i fear youtube like i never update my youtube like it's a good place to go if you want to see what i look like in like my paula poundstone blazer from like 10 years ago but (laughs) Uh, but here's what I will say that's a positive thing about zoom comedy when I finally started to do shows online which probably I probably started to do them somewhere in the summer of 2020 because I was like oh I guess I gotta do something uh this is a positive thing I got out of it and this is why I was excited this is the one thing I feel like I did want to say when you invited me on this podcast is I personally hate taping myself as a comic like I I know we're supposed to, and I know it's helpful, and I know that people get good really fast from having that good habit. I never tape myself. Even when I mean to, like, even when I'm like, oh, I'll bring the tripod, I'll totally tape myself here or there. Like, I never do. I'm like, you know what? I feel like it'll be a jinx if I tape myself. As long as I don't hit record, I can have a great set. If I hit record, I bet you the set's going to be like, meh. (laughs) I don't know why I'm like so in my head about it, but I am. So I hate recording myself so by doing zoom comedy i got to see what my face looks like like in the moment of telling the joke and if i don't like what i look like in my delivery i can fix it right there like (laughs) like, this is actually really good like i'm looking at myself telling a joke so it's like i don't have to record myself i can see it i can fix it that's what i got out of zoom comedy i thought it was really effective and i am still doing the occasional online show i'm doing one next week actually
0: Wow. Yeah. So do you think Zoom comedy is like here to stay for a bit, or do you think it's gonna like peter out? But it was like nice while it was here.
1: I mean, I feel like a lot of it is petering out, but I feel like there's still audiences for it. I think there's a lot of people that naturally are homebodies and they don't want to go to a comedy club. And, and sadly, I don't think that that's the same experience as yeah. watching it at home, you know? But like for me, I love being in a comedy club. Like that's when I love stand up too. Like I, I love being in that room and feeling all the energy and, I love live comedy, but you know, for for all the people that are just like homebodies, you know, they're they're gonna tune in. They're they're still watching these Zoom shows. They don't want to go out, and you know, winter's coming, and people that live in cold places are probably like, oh, let the comedy come to me. And I kind of get that too. So I think that yeah, there's and it's also as a comedian like. I mean, I know this is more in LA, like here in New York, you can always pick up some money by doing shows and stuff. There's always like 20 bucks or 20, you know, there's always a little bit of money floating around, but in LA, it would be like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the show. I'm going to spend a bunch of money at the show. I'm not going to make any money. If I want to have a a couple of drinks, I'm going to take an Uber there back. Okay. There's like another 40 bucks or whatever. It's like comedy just ends up costing money. And at least on a zoom show, it's the ones I do. I know the one I'm doing next week. It's like, whatever, it's 20 bucks, but it's also like 20 bucks. And I'm going from like my bed to my swivel chair. Like, I'm not going to spend any money. I'm not going to stop at the coffee table and buy a beard. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to spend any money doing this Zoom comedy. And again, I do find it is helpful for me, especially if I'm running a set for this just for last thing. I, I want to, you know what I mean? I want to, yeah, see, this is, it's helpful.
0: Yeah. No, I can totally see that. I wonder where all these people who are like Zoom comedy viewers like found Zoom comedy. Yeah.
1: I know. I mean, I guess people that are really good with the internet. I mean, I'm sure there's a way to like I don't know. But but I mean, especially if people are doing things on Eventbrite.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, once you're yeah. on that mix and people have these mailing lists from doing in like IRL shows so I feel like they're still emailing the same people right that's once you yeah. got a network you got that audience right and right. it was that was another fun thing too where it was like a lot of my friends in Canada hadn't seen me do stand-up in forever and now with the Zoom show it's like oh my friend Anna and Victoria can watch do you know what I mean it's yeah that's another kind of cool thing too I and mean, when you get to see who's in the audience you're like oh, yeah
0: that is fun yeah. um so if you could eat only one thing for the rest of your life what would it be <laughs>
1: Probably pizza. I'm sure that's been said before. Nice pizza, man. Like I, that was another one of my. Sometimes I, I'm like an entrepreneur in my head, and I'm like, I could literally start a pizza by the slice tour in New York. I'd take everybody to the best slices, and what you have to do is you have to take the slice but cut it up real small, right? Because that way, uh, you know, you can eat lots of pizza. You can just, you know, you'd have to make really. But then also, you want to make sure everybody gets a, a little piece of the crust, so you'd have right. to like cut it very specifically, flivvers. But yeah, I, I'm loving pizza. I also, I love nachos too. And I love charcuterie.
0: What okay. would you say are are the first three stops on your pizza tour?
1: Um, Street on South 3rd, I think. So I'm like very Williamsburg uh, over here. So that slice is amazing. I have a thing for grandma pies. I like the square. I like like a, a crispy crust. There's a place yeah. called Rome to Brooklyn that's really good. Some people fight me on the spinach pie at Carmine's, but I really like that spinach pie. Spinach hmm. grandma pie. That one's really good. And I still feel like I'm forgetting. I know people over here are like obsessed with Roberta's, but I'm just, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's, it's just, it falls a little flat. For, I like a crispy crust. I like the grandma yeah. pie. I feel like I'm forgetting like a big one. I don't know. Anyways, there's so much good pizza. I, I love it. <laughs>
0: Pizza's honestly excellent. It has all the important food groups, including pizza. <laughs> <laughs> good, I love it. It's good. I love it.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, and Smiling Pizza over on the other side of Brooklyn. They're going to get a shout out too. What's
0: They're it like- called?
1: Smiling Pizza Park Slope. Ooh. Oh, I, I
0: weirdly think I've been there before. Why Their grandma
1: that? pie with like ricotta is like, oh my God.
0: Yeah. It's so oh, it's so good.
1: So good. Pizza. As long as you're living in New York, if you live somewhere else, don't quote me on the pizza thing. No, not if you're in Canada getting pizza. Pizza. Then I <laughs> that pizza personally.
0: I went to college in Missouri and like they don't have any good pizza or bagels and like I never I always thought that was the stupidest thing like when I was in high school and people would be like oh no 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 New York pizza and bagels are like uniquely good and I was like no 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 this is what pizza and bagels always taste like and then I went to Missouri and was like oh it's not <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that and bagels also Montreal
1: way better than New York bagels and I've I, I really? said it. oh yeah I like the dense ones with like more of a bigger hole in the middle.
0: <laughs> no matter what, any pizza is better. Not any pizza. Any bagels are better than the bagels they have in St. Louis. Like they're like <laughs> like Panera bagels are better than freshly baked bagels. I get it. Like they're so bad. Um yeah, they are they oh my god. They're like always dry and like they taste like like a 3-day old baguette. Like it's just not a bagel. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um <laughs> Yeah, would not recommend the pizza or bagel scene in Missouri, which I don't think comes as a shock to anybody, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not stunned by that information. <laughs> I'll
1: remember no bagels in St. Louis.
0: No, they have good food in St. Louis. I will give, I don't want the St. Louisans listening to this being like, she's not very nice about St. Louis, but St. Louis is a lot of really good stuff. Not pizza or bagels. Really, really, really not like aggressively do not buy any of their pizza or bagels. It feels like a kind of city I've never been
1: there before, but I have a good girlfriend that lives there. I feel like that's yeah. the kind of city I'd like go to like a sports bar and have like beer and
0: wings. They have really good barbecue, like super, oh, yeah. super, super good barbecue. Um, And they have like St. Louis foods. Like there's like this thing called toasted ravioli, which is really good um and their food is good like there is really good food in St. Louis honestly like that's what I missed when I like left college I was like oh my god we don't have any good Korean barbecue here anymore um and we literally like have K-Town and I like still prefer the ones in St. Louis so like there's a lot of good food there but just their pizza and bagels are horrible so horrible (laughs) um yeah not a fan
1: I will remember that
0: yeah if you ever go don't be like, Hey, let's go to a bagel shop. Cause you're going to regret it. Um, <laughs> um, so we're kind of coming to the end of our podcast here, but we'd like to, before we wrap up, ask if there's any advice you've gotten that you'd like to share that would be like the best advice you've ever gotten, or also what is any advice you'd like to share from your own experiences?
1: Um, yeah, let me combo that. Oh, no, I'm like yeah. having this weird dry I cough. Can't. Where did this cough come from? Oh my god, impatience zero again. Okay, twenty uh, <laughs> <laughs> one. <COVID-19. laughs> I think it's COVID. It's probably mold. All right, this is Brooklyn, but uh, it's fine. Oh, I'm gonna live. Uh, so this is a cool. I still get very nervous. I feel like that's something that people always assume goes away after you've done comedy for a long time, and that not for me. Like I still get, I still get nervous. And I remember I did this show. Again, I, I think I referenced Jeremy Hots earlier, but I did a really nice New Year's show at Massey Hall in Toronto, which is like an amazing like venue. It's like a huge theater. Uh, and before I went on stage, I found this like stairwell to Pace in because I was so fucking nervous. And I'm just like, I, don't know, I, was, I, I can't even tell you. I, I was jittery. I was the same way I'm stuttering right now. I feel like I'm putting myself right back in that moment of, nerves. And so Jeremy Hotz was hosting the whole night. He comes into the stairwell. He's just trying to like sneak a cigarette. You know, he's like smoking, drinking, like having the best time. He sees me stressing, pacing, and he's like, buddy, what's wrong? And I go, I I don't know why, but like I'm so fucking nervous. And he goes, if you're good, that doesn't go away. (sighs) And I was like, that's like, the best thing he could have said to me in that moment I was like and then I went out it was amazing it feels like the things that you get nervous for end up being the things that are so great you wish you had them all the time like it was great but anyways so that would be my piece of advice it's like hey if you get nervous it's a good thing it means you care that's good advice
0: that's That's awesome
1: great oh I love I'm a little corny (laughs) I I don't mind
0: (laughs) Well, sadly, we are coming to the very end of our podcast. So last but not least, is there anything that you want to promote? Like social media shows, like pizza places? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do have a podcast
1: with Jen Murphy called Jill and Off. And uh, it's very silly. We are two single women in our 40s. So we do a lot of Jill and Off. But uh, occasionally we we get some action and we discuss that on the uh, podcast. And... Uh, uh, I have a Substack where I'm actually trying to draft a memoir of my 23 years in stand up. you want to sign up for my Substack, I don't even really know how to promote that, but I'm Christina Walkinshaw. I'm sure if you search me on Substack, uh, <laughs> I recently got my first troll on Substack yesterday. I was like, well, I don't even know you can get trolled on Substack. So shout out Faceless Larry uh, if you're out there. <laughs> you <for> me. <laughs> faceless Larry. Oh, they're always faceless. And the name Larry, also not a shocker, but uh, Larry just- <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, Substack, Jill and Off, and yeah, whatever. I'm basically at walk and sauce on all my social media, like Instagram and uh, Twitter, even Tumblr. If you wanna go dig through that old Tinder blog, wow, it's still up there somewhere.
0: <laughs> Followers keep up with Christina and thank you so much for being on our show. Yeah, thank you so much, this was great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Laughing Your Mask Off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a good review. To keep up with our hosts, follow Catherine at Katherine.cowan and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week.